What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome, listeners, to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast. We're always talking everything college hoops, a little NBA draft, and a couple of other ancillary items. Thanks to Blog Talk Radio for powering us up. Thanks to Bell Jar for our intro and outro music. And thanks for tuning in and carving out some time. We know you could have been anywhere else on the dial, but you chose to be here with us, Mike and Gus, and we appreciate that. Uh, and the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast is working hard during the offseason. We're trying to bring you a couple of NBA draft profiles. We're trying to give you some off-season updates. We're, we're trying to keep you guys up to speed. So thanks for following along with us. And speaking of following along, if you like what you're listening to, don't be afraid to give the pod a follow on Twitter at SDS Podcast. Efficiency of keystrokes, of course. If you're looking for a full arsenal of sports knowledge update, give Mike Randall a follow. The guy is unbelievable. He's absolutely insane. He has like 28 hours in his day as opposed to the rest of us who have 24 hours. You can follow him at at Randall Rant. And we wanted to point your direction in a couple of different directions as well. Uh, we were hoping that if you're, you know, an uh, NBA uh, draft a guru, uh, interest, uh, you can't wait to watch it on the 21st like Mike and I, please go ahead and hit up our YouTube channel. Hit up YouTube. Go screen the screener college basketball podcast. Subscribe. Watch. Comment. Do whatever you want. Consume it as you see fit. Uh, we have a whole bunch of player profiles up on a number of players that will be hopefully drafted in the first or second round of the 2018 NBA draft. So we hope that you guys enjoy that. We've had a great time putting that together, just lifting the curtain a little bit, and uh, you guys can peek behind it. It's kind of been like a, a, I don't know, 45-page term paper for me, and Mike has busted his hump on the tech end to make it pretty and uh, make it sound nice for you guys as far as uh, consumption on the YouTube end. So we've worked really hard to give you these like cool little things that we've been way into. And we hope that you guys will join us in our celebration of the 2018 NBA Draft. That's one of our favorite events of the year without question. Uh, so thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, you know, joining forces there. If you really like what you're listening to here, and you're into the off-season college basketball talk that we're going to provide for you all off-season, and especially during the season, you know, we'll go pretty intense on you. But we're promising to give you guys as close as we can get a podcast or more a week during the off-season on college basketball topics. So if you like what you're listening to there, please hit up uh, whatever whatever venue you decide to consume your podcasts in, whether it be a uh, 
uh, Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or any of those venues and, and give us a nice review. Uh, give some five stars out. Take some time to do that if you really like what you're listening to. We'd love to, you know, uh, interact with you that way if that's your mode of communication. And hit us up on Gmail if you want to let us know what's going on with the pod, what we should be talking about. Uh, one particular listener said, uh, hey, can you guys touch on some of the transfers that are taking place this year in college basketball? And guess what? We'll cover a little bit that here, and then we'll go a little deeper dive after the draft is over. So thank you. Thank you for contributing to the podcast. Hit us up at uh, SES at gmail.com. Love to hear from you that way if that's your mode of communication. So uh, listeners, let's dive in. Thanks for going through all the uh, particulars with us. And you know what we're going to start with? I can't believe we're starting an off-season college basketball podcast with this. We're going to start with Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky just signed its second back-to-back years five-star recruit, Charles Bassey. Charles Bassey's a 6'10 big man, can do a little bit of everything, but he is a recruit that is going to reclassify for the 2018 season. Uh, this is uh, per uh, John Rothstein and, and, and Evan Daniels on Twitter. Western Kentucky is coming off a uh, NIT Final Four run. They had a lot of buzz last year because they signed one of the top prospects in the class, Mitchell Robinson, and then he took his Hamiltonian path uh, to the NBA draft this particular year and didn't actually play a game suit up or even uh, officially practice uh, for the Hilltoppers. He is already a 2000, this is Bassey, he is already a 2019 NBA draft lottery buzz type guy with his reclassification. So we hope that Bassey avoids Mitchell Robinson's Hamiltonian path. You know, leading into the 2019 class, he was a you know a top five-ish, top ten-ish type recruit. Man, Western Kentucky strikes again, and they get another big recruit to come to a mid-major. Love this. Now, another thing that we'll talk about with Western Kentucky is that they, you know, received the good news of getting transfer news from Auburn to Son Murray, who is the undersized power forward, kind of do-everything guy for them. Think of uh, Jason Tate from Ohio State, and you have uh, Deshaun Murray from Auburn. So he'll be heading to Western Kentucky for his uh, graduate year and be eligible right away. So they'll have like multiple, multiple impact players on their roster again and be a threat in Conference USA. Now, speaking of transfer news, wait, what? Are you, uh, wait, are you kidding me? The NCAA made a ruling that's in favor of student-athletes? Wait, like, whoa, whoa. What the NCAA has decided to do, and this will go into effect on October 15th, is they are going to have a quote-unquote notification of transfer model. Everybody that would like to transfer college athlete, any sport, puts their name in a database. The other coaches are then alerted and free to contact that student athlete once their name is uh, plugged into that database. And this, can, I think this creates a little bit of transparency. This can maybe eliminates that murkiness and that like, hey, how did that school get that kid on the transfer market type feeling? So I think it makes it a little bit more legitimate and I think this makes it a little cleaner. Obviously, on the surface, before this kind of this new model gets rolling, this appears to hurt the low majors. I always like to think of Robert Morris losing dudes to high majors. 
in the, in this uh, in this construct. And you think that like, oh man, once they get under recruited and they ball out in a conference like the NEC, and then they're you know another college coach at a high major will be like, oh man, I'd love to have that guy on my rotation or my starting lineup. That's what happens. So you feel like that might hurt them initially, the mid majors. But I think this also eliminates the awful like coaches block rule on transfers or whatever like block list they might have. Now, conferences can still prevent in-conference transfers if they choose. And that's a choice, preventing uh, you know trading in-house secrets uh, and sharing those things that can be not damaging, but just like, you know, open up some of the uh, intel on face once, twice, or maybe three times a year, depending on conference tournament matchups at the end of the season. Uh, so I kind of get that part, but I think that's an option. So that's nice that that block is out of there. And then I, I think if we're looking at this like realistically and we're just throwing in all college students into the pool, think about how many times college students just transfer, period. Not student athletes, just college students. And college students are transferring all the time. Think about how many times I, I, I'm just thinking of my, uh, I'm thinking of my input on this as a coach, a high school coach. And I've had a number of students that have gone to a, uh, a, a JUCO college or a local college, a community college for their first year or their second year, just because of finances, if for nothing else. And then they'll go ahead and transfer their last two years or their last three years to a college that they were really looking at, thus saving some of the costs and having those tra- uh, credits transfer over. I think it makes perfect sense. If we're looking at it in a college basketball uh, lens and a college of basketball scope, why are we limiting college basketball student athletes from the same opportunity that other student, just other students have? It seems silly. The still sit a year when you transfer is going to be in play and remain one of the steadfast rules. That's going to be under review. Uh, I think that was a talking point earlier with the uh, Commission of College Basketball. Do they really need to sit a year or they can be eligible Im- immediately? But under the rule that's going to start on October 15th, they still need to sit a year. And that still provides the appeal for those colleges that can really, one of their selling points could be that uh, redshirt year, whether it be Gonzaga, uh, Nevada, uh, or even Villanova to a certain extent, where they really use that redshirt year to develop you as a player and get you ready for the next level or get ready for huge college success. Uh, And grad transfers can still play right away after they graduate their a former university, and they're eligible right away the following year. Another thing that uh, came up with this particular rule is uh, the APR percentage, for lack of a better term, we'll say grade point average, is tied to this transferring rule, and it's placing a larger percentage on the transfer credits that are coming from the previous school. So I think uh, coaches and administration and uh, compliance commissions and departments are going to be placing a little bit more attention on a student-athlete's Per academic performance at their previous uh, academic institution, which makes good sense. But I think this might have some uh, collateral damage down the line and maybe prevent a couple of things that the rule, I think, in spirit is in favor of providing a second start for a student athlete that just the school just wasn't a good fit for or the program just wasn't a good fit for. And maybe that poor fit extrapolated itself into a GPA, and that GPA then 
can affect the APR score. Maybe that might be an unseen circumstance that comes from this new rule moving forward, but I think that can be addressed and changed just like this rule has changed, and we're kind of in favor of it. Uh, I, I really like that it cleans up the murkiness and it prevents like the shady, I don't know, I think this cleans it up tremendously. And to be honest, it creates like the off season, it creates a little bit more buzz for the sport that we love. And I think in some strange way, that's what college basketball wants. They want to kind of continue the news cycle in the off season for the sport that has such a large attraction uh, in February and March. And maybe we can just kind of continue some of that buzz during the offseason after the NBA draft. Uh, and I think this is the perfect thing for it. So October 15th, this rule goes into place. And I think it's a plus. Yeah, and it might take some of the sour taste away from like the recent transfer, like flavor and feel, and resulting in like a cleaner, like back channel transfer list. And... Also a, uh, a more transparent uh, situation for transfers instead of it kind of being murky or muddy or whatever term you might throw in there. Uh, so guys, speaking of transfers, I thought that we would just dive in a tiny bit. Schools that have benefited uh, this particular offseason thus far from transfers. And we'll just go into a couple of them. And then I'd love to give you a little uh, update on the, uh, the big board that we have over at Randall Rant. And if you're an NBA, again, if you're an NBA draft guy, uh, just go over to randallrant.com. Uh, on the front page, Mike has done an unbelievable job of just giving you the screen the screener, uh, first round, big board, who we think is going to go where, quick comment. And again, if you want further info, just go to the YouTube channel. We have videos on pretty much everybody on our big board. You can get further intel there. Um, one place that we want to go to for this transfer thing is, holy smokes, Nichols State. Are you joking me? Right now in the notebook, I'm looking at six names. I got uh, I got, I got uh, Nico Clareth from uh, Siena, which is one of their biggest grabs. Uh, Gavin Peppers from Central Michigan. Uh, they got D'Angelo Hunter from Wester, uh, uh, West, West Virginia. Uh, Jeremiah Jefferson from Jackson State. Uh, Jalen Robinson from Coastal Carolina. Dexter McClanahan from uh, Savannah State. So Nichols State has just restarted the program with a whole bunch of transfers. And they just invested in like, look, we want players. We want players that are going to invest in the system. And we want to change the culture. They have players right there that are going to change the culture. I think number two, you got to pay attention to South Alabama. They have some high major players that are like, like made an impact. They got uh, Corey Holden, South Carolina, who uh, was a rotational player. Andre Fox from High Point. Fox put up big numbers at High Point. And they got Don Coleman from California. If you remember from, uh, you know, kind of pre-conference tournament time, California played Wichita State pretty tight in that preseason tournament. And Don Coleman was the reason. He put up a ton of points. Dude is a talented guard. South Alabama making an impact on the transfer market too. And you know what? One of our favorites from out on the West Coast, you know, we go back to the, the mid-major podcast during the season that we gave you guys on the on the weekends. Uh, UC Santa Barbara, they, they they have brought in some serious transfers. We got uh, Brandon uh, Cyrus from DePaul, Armand Davis from Alabama, and Ja'Cory McLaughlin from Oregon State. So they brought in some, like, high-level transfers from uh, high-major teams. 
into a mid-major situation. And so that, you know, a, a bunch of these teams are just trying to follow the N- Nevada model of saying like, hey, let, let, let's change our culture this way. Let's address this this way. Let's give these guys a second chance and bring them in uh, and, and, and try to build a culture that way. And I think the last place we'll look will go big time here. And we'll take a look at Miami. Miami in the ACC has done an unbelievable job. They're, they're going to bring in Zach Johnson from Florida Gulf Coast, one of our favorite mid-major players from last year. He and Goodwin made up one of the finest uh, mid-major backcourts at uh, Florida Gulf Coast last year. And so he's going to just you know, scoot across state and go to head to Miami with Coach Larinaga. Got Anthony Mack from Wyoming. Wyoming seemed to have like a, a mass exodus of transfers. And and uh, they, I, I want to see how Mack influences Miami there. And then they also have Cam Augusti from Oklahoma, which is interesting. So they, they've been very active on the transfer market as well. And I think that's due to they just want to get some new blood in there after their, their relationship with the FBI investigation. And then, of course, losing you know both Brown and, and Walker out of their backcourt. So I think they wanted to replace that as soon as they could, and they just went to on the transfer market there. And then speaking of Miami, two of the players that could get drafted in the first round this year of the 2018 NBA draft are Bruce Brown and Lonnie Walker. So we just want to talk a little bit about the big board that we have rolling over at RandallRant.com and talk uh, a smidgen uh, NBA draft for you guys uh, to get you guys ready for the draft and and maybe put some thoughts in your head. So next week when we hit you with uh, a little more, I don't know, how about a little bit more complex, a little bit more layered, a little bit more detailed uh, NBA draft podcast, uh, you'll you'll be kind of ready for it. So I think the first place we'll go is we'll just go to like the the six pack of, of players that I have that I have just outside of the first round. And, and I think any of you guys could argue that any one of these players could find their way into the first round. First player I had just outside the first round is Kyrie Thomas from, from Creighton. Unbelievably talented combo guard. Uh, you know, we mentioned Bruce Brown. I have him right outside of the first round from Miami. I think the injury troubles and uncertainty there are keeping him out of the first round. Um, he, the word on the street is he had a number of great workouts. But I think if he just had a clean year this past year, he would be solidly in the first round. Uh, I have right outside of the first round Jalen Brunson, the player of the year last year. I think somebody's going to get a steal with him. I think somebody in the late of the late first round, early second round, is just going to get a player that they're going to bank on, and they're going to have uh, pretty much a five-year career. And then if they re-sign him, of just like the most solid player. And I'll tell you right now, I think Jalen Brunson has some offensive equity. I don't think he's just your typical backup point guard. I think he's able to put up some points. He's able to score on all three levels. He, he you know, we saw him have his post game at at Villanova and really uh, run the offense through the post. He definitely has a pull-up game, so he can get a pull-up game off the dribble, and of course he can shoot it from three. So I think during, in the NBA game, where he's not going to be counted on to be this like um, the majority ball handler and have all this offensive like responsibility, I think that makes sense. Uh, another guy I have right outside of the first round is Brandon McCoy from UNLV. I think he made himself a lot of money, and I think people are going to want a big, can be a deterrent on the defensive end and can get a couple of easy baskets. By no means am I saying McCoy is a difference maker and an NBA starter, but I think he's definitely a player that you can toss in there, get a couple easy baskets, and then have him play like deterrent on the defensive end. 
And uh, two other players I really like are uh, Eli Okobo, uh, the point guard, combo guard from France. I really like his game. I'd be lying if I said I watched him as much as any of the other players we're going to mention here. But we have watched snippets of his highlights. He's an NBA player. Here's the question I have. Are NBA scouts willing to take a risk on him at the end of the first round with his athleticism and his shooting ability and his length because he is 6'4"-ish? at that combo guard position. So I like a Kobo from France. And I think the last guy is Landry Shaman. Uh, he's going to be the last part of my just outside the first round six pack. Maybe he ends up at the end of the first round just because of his shooting equity and his uh, performance and accuracy from deep. He's able to shoot a little bit off the dribble. He can shoot a smidgen from deep. He showed that he's not afraid to pull up from like NBA range, AAC play. So I like Shamit at the end of the first round, maybe at the you know first part of the second round. So that's my six-pack of guys that you might see at the end of the first round just in the second round that are going to be NBA players for a long time. I can see all of those players having 10-year careers. Uh, and maybe some of them with like some starter possibility. I can see Kyrie Thomas with some starter possibility. Uh, I could see Shamit definitely with, with starter possibility, especially with his shooting performance. And then what I want to do is just pull up three other players that I think are interesting on our big board that maybe might be volatile. They might be not exactly where you think they might go. Number one, Wendell Carter. I can see Wendell Carter going anywhere from 4 to 14. He can go anywhere in that lottery selection. And I wouldn't be surprised... If Carter gets drafted a little bit closer than you think to Marvin Bagley III, I I think that makes sense. Carter is one of the biggest players that's going to be drafted in this particular draft, almost as big as Aiton. So, you know, everybody's going to put Aiton up at number one or number two or number three. But Carter is just as large, just as long, and just as impactful on the defensive end as Aiton is going to be. And I think Wendell Carter's basketball and life IQ is something that will really pay dividends in the interview section. There are teams that really value that part. Like we know the Boston Celtics really value sharp, smart players. Like if you just talk to Jason Tatum or you talk to Jalen Brown, like you know from talking to them for five seconds, they're really sharp, really high IQ players. And I think Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter are two of those types of players. So I wouldn't be surprised if Carter's volatility within the lottery, you know, goes anywhere within 10 picks from 4 to 14. Another player that I think is interesting and I think is worth paying attention to and seeing where he might land is Aaron Holiday. I have Aaron Holiday a little bit higher than most, and I think his unique skill set in the small frame could be appealing, and I think it's not that far off from where you want to look at Colin Sexton or maybe even Trey Young. So if you're thinking about drafting Trey Young up at 5, 6, 7, 8, or Colin Sexton at 8, 9, 10, 11, I don't think it's crazy to have Aaron Holiday at like 10, 11, 12, 13, because he can shoot the ball. He can pass the ball. He's got a tight handle. He's going to defend. He's going to effort. 
And the thing I really like about Holiday is that he's selfless. When Ball was at, when, you know, when, when Lonzo was there, guess what? He came off the bench. Lonzo leaves. Guess what? I'll take the lead guard role. I'm cool with that. I'll take more ball handling responsibilities. The year before that, he had a different role as a freshman on that team. So, like, I, I think, I think it makes sense to pay attention to Holiday because of his personal profile, not necessarily his athletic profile. The fact that he is willing to invest in what's worthy of winning. He knew that for that uh, Lonzo team, I'm trying to think about TJ Leaf, that that team had some high-level talent. And he's like, you know what? The best thing for me is to come off the bench. And this past year, he's like, you know what the best thing is for me? To start and hold the ball the whole entire time. So I think that's going to come off and play really well for Holiday. So I, I would keep an eye on his. I would keep an eye on where he's going to end up. And I think he's going to get some good buzz the closer we get 2018 NBA draft. And I think the last player we'll pay attention to is one of Mike's favorites. It's Dante DiVincenzo. If we're going to go back to February, Dante DiVincenzo is not even on anybody's big board anywhere with his run and Villanova's run to the final game to the championship and with his performance in the championship game and his play at the NBA combine and his athletic performance at the NBA combine which was kind of through the roof kind of one of the best athletes that was there that lays sneakers up that weekend in Chicago Dante DiVincenzo could end up anywhere from the end of the lottery 14 15 16 to the end of the first round. So I think it's interesting how he interviews and is that like Twitter thing that got spit out at the end of the college basketball season where he showed some, his Twitter account showed some unquestionable decisions on his part as like a 15-year-old. Do you think that's going to be a plus or a minus? Do you think he's going to get asked that question in the interview and explain it away intelligently? Or is he going to stumble over it and really find that as a part that people are going to, you know, pick apart or dissect and find fault? That, I think, is the deciding factor of how high Dante DiVincenzo goes and where he might end up. And I have a feeling, and Mike Randall will be in line with this feeling, that Dante DiVincenzo from Villanova will go a little bit higher than you think. So there's a couple of thoughts from our big board. You know, we talked about the the volatility of where Wendell Carter might end up uh, being such a talented, intelligent big. We talked about Aaron Holiday and his selflessness with high-level athleticism and skill set, where that might place him. And then we also want to talk about Dante DiVincenzo and the interview part of where he might end up on somebody's big board depending on how he might answer some of those questions if it's even brought up in that interview part you know from hearing every single Villanova player they are so well schooled at saying the right thing at the right time in front of a microphone so you know that Brunson's going to interview great you know DiVincenzo is going to interview great you know you know McCall is going to interview incredibly Uh, you know Spellman is going to interview perfectly you know, all of those guys have been really well-schooled. And, like, that's that's part of the Villanova package. You go to Villanova, guess what? You're going to sound really smart in these NBA draft interviews. That's what happens. So that's part of, like, deciding when you decide to go to Villanova. 
you get that as a fringe benefit. So I'm guessing that they kind of schooled Dante DiVincenzo on how to answer that and how to answer it properly with some purpose, some value, and explanation, and then a talking point after that on how he's learned from that with his education, even though it's only uh, three years with his redshirt year at Villanova. So that makes sense to me. And listeners, we just want to say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for tuning in during the offseason. Mike and I are so honored. We're appreciative. We know it's not college basketball season, and we know that you guys keep tuning in week after week, seeing what we have on our minds and what we're going to share with you guys. So we just want to say thank you for that. Thank you for being loyal. Thank you for being part of the program. Thank you for being part of the Screen the Screener family. It's really cool to have everybody included in that. And I guess our last part is if you're really liking what you're listening to here and you've you've put up with me talking for almost 30 minutes about uh, transfer rules, our big board, and maybe some transfer stuff, and you are not you're looking forward to hearing Mike, or you're looking forward to hearing a great guest like Eric Fawcett, or a great guest like John Gassaway from ESPN, or a great guest like uh, Chris Murray from the Reno Gazette Journal that will update us on. Uh, anything uh, Nevada related, and you're not getting that right now, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for tolerating my voice and soliloquy. Cheers. If you want to get invested in the podcast, we have a Patreon option for any of our listeners. One of the things I like to do during the Patreon uh, podcast that we send out to our Patreon listeners is I just like to give a what's up. So I'll give everybody a what's up. You know, we talk, I I usually talk about like five different things. uh, Some of them personal, some of some other things. But one of the things I'm going to say what's up is, yeah, what's up? Bottoms up right now. I got an intergalactic event, IPA from my local brewery, Magnify Brewing here in New Jersey, keeping me company during the podcast and it's delicious. This IPA is top shelf. So if you're in Jersey or you pop up on a Magnify tap wherever you you know like to imbibe and, 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 and catch a drink with one of your friends, it's worth the investment and worth the, the uh, dive in on your end. So don't be afraid to try out a Magnify beer from New Jersey. Really high quality. That's what's up. If you join the Patreon uh, family for the Screen the Screener podcast, you'll get that and a couple of other things on each one of those podcasts that we let you know what's up with our personal lives and, and, and what we're thinking about a couple of different elements. So, listeners out there, one more thing. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Hope that everybody spends the weekend in the right place for your family at this time. Hope that you spend that time with the right people and then that part that you spend with those people is enjoyable, proper, and rewarding. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there that are listening and happy Father's Day to all the sons and daughters that are listening out there. Go wish your pops a happy Father's Day. Shoot them a text. You know, shoot them a picture of what you're up to. Do that. Happy Father's Day. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.